The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Today, our gospel lesson uh, talks about the call of disciples. And as I was thinking about that, uh, I, I realized that it brought up a number of things in me that I perhaps will be helpful if we talk about them this morning about how we speak of call, about how we understand call. And I thought about uh, the years that I served uh, as the chair of the Commission on Ministry in the Diocese of South Dakota. The Commission on Ministry is the body which is charged with the responsibility of helping those who are seeking ordination to discern if they're called to be a priest or called to be a deacon or called to continue their life as a layperson in the church. It's really an awesome responsibility, partly because we're dealing with the lives of people and especially with their hopes and with their dreams. I remember one particular person who came to the commission and had a tremendous effect on us. His name is Claude, and Claude came like others, uh, seeking to discern whether or not he was called to be a priest. And we always ask the question something like, why do you believe you're called to be a priest? So we asked him, and he said, God told me so. Well, we were a bit taken aback by that. So we pursued that a little further, and he insisted that he was driving once from Aberdeen, South Dakota, out to the Black Hills, across northern South Dakota. It was in the summer, and there's not much to distract you when you're driving up there. And he said he heard God, audibly heard God call him and say to him, you're to be a priest. Well, the commission struggled with that after he had left. And we talked about, can we believe this? Is it possible that this is how he was called? And we finally decided that it was. 
that was important in my own understanding of call, I think, in some ways. And then I was reading the other evening the ministry statements that the five candidates for nominees for Bishop of Massachusetts had written. And I think two of them indicate in their in their uh, uh, description that part of their spiritual journey was that God had spoken to them. Now, I'm beginning to feel a little left out. <laughs> I don't know about you. I can't say that God has spoken to me, at least not directly audibly. We, I think we have a lot of strange ideas around the whole idea of what we're called to be as Christians. I think many times we, uh, we think of call as profession or as vocation. There was a, uh, a study done by two uh, seminary professors. They, they taught homiletics or preaching. And they wanted to better understand how preachers express themselves around this idea of call. So they interviewed a bunch of preachers from different denominations. And they found out that what, what the preachers tended to talk about was uh, to help people understand how they might see their vocation, their work, as their call. And how they might live out their call as a Christian in their work. Then they interviewed uh, parishioners, people who heard these sermons. And asked them how they understood call. And it was interesting. They tended to think of work as work, which seems reasonable. And they thought about their call as a Christian in terms of relationship. Now, I think that the parishioners got it right and the preachers were getting it wrong. And I've got it wrong many times also. It really is about relationships. I believe that the Christian life is really nothing more than trying to understand how we live the gospel in our relationships. If you go back to the Hebrew Scriptures and the covenant with Israel and the Ten Commandments, the first four commandments are about our relationship with God. It's a vertical relationship. But the other six are about our relationship with one another. And then if you read in the New Testament, when Jesus is asked, what is the greatest of the commandments? He says to love God with all of your being and love your neighbor as yourself. I think that throughout Scripture, we see that living a life of faith is a matter of living faithfully in our relationships. Now, the gospel today, uh, I don't think helps us too much with this idea of call, uh, partly because I think that Matthew must have had some purpose in wanting to give this sense of Jesus passing by, calling the disciples, and immediately they drop everything and they go off and follow him. There's more to it than that, I believe. And I think that what was really lived out in answering the call of Jesus was the relationship that Jesus had with those future disciples. Now, we heard in the gospel that Jesus had heard about John being imprisoned. So he decided to leave Nazareth and he went to Capernaum and that's where he lived. And we know that uh, Capernaum was a fishing village on the, on the Sea of Galilee, uh, maybe a thousand or fifteen hundred people in that village. So you can imagine that people knew each other. They had a relationship. And these fishermen probably heard Jesus preach in the synagogue. They probably also saw him heal. So they knew who he was. Jesus may have bought fish from them, for all we know. They had a relationship, I believe, with Jesus of Nazareth. 
So Jesus then finally one day comes to them and says, okay, guys, decide. Are you going to be a disciple of mine or not? And they immediately drop their nets and follow him. The other day, I guess a few weeks back, we had the Concord Women's Chorus giving a concert here. And I was reading in the, in the notes provided in the brochure, uh, the notes provided on, about the biography of one of the instrumentalists. And that instrumentalist had listed the people that she had studied with. And I think that's the kind of relationship that these disciples had to Jesus. They were seeking out a rabbi that they would study with. And it would be Rabbi Jesus. That was the relationship. I think that relationship is at the heart of our faith. And Jesus also calls them to something specific. He says, I'll make you fishers of people. Now, down through the centuries, we have come to interpret that as, uh, I would say, buttonhole evangelism. You know, go out and catch some folks for Jesus. <laughs> but I don't think that's what he was talking about. I think he was talking about relationships again, about being in healthy relationships with other people and in those relationships to live out what you understand of the gospel. And when I was in discernment about whether or not I should pursue ordination, I met with a bishop who said something that was very wise to me. He was sort of challenging me in terms of whether or not I was really called to be a priest. And he said, the thing you need to, to remember is that with every ordination, ministry is narrowed. He said, when you're a layperson, you have limitless ministry. You can do so many things. You can touch so many lives. When a person is ordained a deacon, they are given a specific ministry of taking the gospel into the world and bringing the cares of the world into the church. When you're ordained a priest... You then have a sacramental ministry, a ministry that is focused around altar and font, and also a ministry of pastoral care, often with a particular congregation, so that ministry is narrowed. And if you have the misfortune of being consecrated a bishop, every Sunday is confirmation, is what he said. In that diocese, confirmation was done in the churches, and it was done at visitation, and literally for the bishop. Every Sunday was confirmation. I thought that was extremely helpful. And as I thought about my life as a layperson, I had lived a rich life of ministry. So I don't think that it's, it's about vocation necessarily. I don't think it's about uh, living out the Christian faith at our work, but it can be. But what I think it's about is living out our life as Christians in relationship. I believe that uh, one of the unfortunate things for our church and probably for other denominations as well is that we have become too clerical. It's been too focused on the priesthood, too focused on, on the ministers that stand in front of the congregation. The power of the church is in the laity. It's not in its ministers, but it's in those ministers. And I hope that you can get a sense that you are the ministers of the church. You are the ones who live out what it is to be a Christian, what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ in all of the relationships that you have in your work life, in your family, 
among your friends, as you serve the community, you have tremendous opportunity to serve Christ as disciples. Today, I would ask that you give some thought to those important relationships you have. Maybe identify one person that you would pray for today and ask God to show you what you might do that would make a difference in that person's life and how you might express your faith in that relationship. Most of all, I want to thank you for the fact that you are living the faith. And I pray God's blessing upon your ministries this day and always. Amen.